People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and my guest today is Pete Gardner, best known for playing Daryl Whitefeather, Rebecca Bunch's boss on the amazing musical comedy Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so we will definitely talk about that. But he's also appeared in some of my favorite comedies like Robot Chicken, Eagle Heart, The Brink, Psych, and The Middle, so we'll get into all that, but that's not all. We had breakfast from a San Fernando Valley staple, Nat's Early Bite. Ooh, yeah. So... Let's get going. We're not far from West Covina. We're in North Hollywood, and we have Pete Gardner today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Brent, let me screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All yeah. my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Woohoo! Yeah! Woo. Oh, thank you, everybody. Pete Gardner. Yeah, what a hoot. This is the first time we've had an uh, in-studio crowd since the pandemic started. I know. They're very amped up. They all did an Im- impression of your voice, which I thank you guys. Thank yeah, you for doing right your, your homework. You're welcome. <laughs> what a great group. Stay behind the plexiglass. <laughs> well, this whole uh, me having you on the show came out in the most interesting and delightful way to me, which was... If you guys listen to the show, and Pete, I think you're a fan also of uh, The Hungry Fox. Oh, sure. Uh, another Valley staple that we really like. I was sitting there working on some kind of breakfast thing there, and our my favorite waitress there, Susie, uh, says, Oh, you two uh, both kind of work in comedy, and uh, sitting behind me was your lovely wife, Susie, mm-hmm. and, and Dee. That's right. And uh, I met both of them, and then we were just talking a little bit, and I realized, Oh, uh, you're Pete Gardner's wife. And They're... I said, oh, I, I sat in front of you guys at uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that was a good production I, at the Pasadena Playhouse. You didn't know me at the time, but do you recognize this? Oh, my God, Brent. Oh, yes. I totally do. Yeah, it's all coming back like, to me. Sir, sir, they're singing subtly, Seymour. Please turn around. You're making everyone <laughs> uncomfortable. You're staring at me. <laughs> Please, sir. Audrey 2 has been revealed. Please look at that instead of me. Please. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> That show. Uh, are you a fan of Little Shop of Horrors? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I remember in the 80s when it was in New York. Okay. And um, what's his name? Firestein. Um, who, who was the guy that uh, played? Harvey Firestein? Yeah. Wasn't he in that? Or I don't maybe know. Maybe I'm confusing I, no, it with something I, else. No, it could be. No, he, has the, he has the voice to play like <laughs> either Mr. Bushnick or, or the plant. You I know? don't think he was in it. I think I might be confusing two other things, but then I do remember going to see the movie with Bill Murray, I always go to see anything that Bill Murray's. In. Oh yeah, Bill Murray and Steve Martin. Oh, it can't be. Have that. two of the smaller parts in the movie and just completely steal their oh, scenes. Oh sure. Oh come and on. And Steve Martin's just doing his best. I. It's kind of a semi Elvis, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a while ago. What was that like in the eighties? Uh, was like I probably it was late eighties. Like, yeah, like I feel like it was like eighty seven. I'm pretty good with that. That's when my wife and I play that game all the time, where we watch TV show and then we're like stop in the middle and be like, okay, what year is this? Anyway, so to go back, I, I met uh, your family, mm-hmm. and and then I said, oh, Pete. I said, I got to get Pete on the show. Can you help me get Pete on the show? And she said, uh, what is the largest bill that you have in your wallet? And I said, 50? 
And I, sh- I could have said 20, but she said, I'll take the 50. And then- <laughs> that's Susie. So that's how you got on the show. Always worth yeah. I know. It's so worth it. Though I haven't seen any of that 50. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- I think most of it was spent at the Hungry Fox. She's just like, I'll take two extra waffles, uh, the Thai sausage they only make here, mm. and a, 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 a bottle of the homemade uh, jam. You ever had the, yeah, the homemade jam? I was uh, just going to mention that. The homemade really jam great. is so good. A little spicy. Which one do you like? Because they have the strawberry, they have the peach... And they have some kind of apple butter or something, too. I have the one that's a total mystery to me. I don't even know what it is, but it just... And it's spicy? Yeah, it's spicy. I think, it's got, I think it's the, a, that's well, the apple, apple one, right? It tastes kind of pumpkin-y, uh, I wouldn't apple-y. even know. I just could be like, ooh, that one's got a little pachow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how they get... Well, I guess they could use preserves or whatever, but peaches, is, is, that's that's it for me. Yeah? Yeah, Yeah. it's peach season right now, too. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's like major stone fruit. It's like... Even if I go to like just the place like Ralph's and you get it and you take it home for like one or two days, it's just like perfect right now. Oh, peaches. and you know you, you know the trick that you put it in a brown paper bag? No. Oh, if it's a little, if you buy it and it's hard, you put it in a brown paper bag and like literally the next day it'll be in perfect condition. Mm, okay. I, it's just, I, it's just a hack. Okay. Just a fruit, uh, a, what'd nice. you call a stone fruit hack? Now I tried that and then, so I, did, I put it in the bag and I put it on my porch and then the next day I count and the, and the bag's always gone the next day. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta leave it on the windowsill. <laughs> oh. so the, that's where the hobos will get it. Uh, Remember well, the I hobos used my, yeah. to steal uh, pies that were sitting cool. on the window? I wish people still did. <laughs> I would, t- 100% right? would be a guy who would steal a pie. Right. But uh, also, you got to figure, like, that's probably why that stopped, is because it was like, you yeah, know, they're you like, can't look, keep a pie down. It's really here. nice to cool the pies here, but too many, too many hobos. hobos I think we're attracting pies. hobos. And there was a big, I don't know if you remember that time during the Great Depression, there was a giant spike in um, diabetes from people that were hobos from just stealing all the <laughs> We're stealing all the pies. <laughs> Their sugar the was over, overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Sugar like, intake. Could you please leave us like a meatloaf <laughs> instead? <laughs> 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 Something a little more nourishing. That's a good Something idea. Maybe with some, maybe like some green bean casserole. Ooh. Some ambrosia. Mm, oh, that's... <laughs> ambrosia. That's a weird one. Are you? Are you I can't really get behind it. I, I don't know what it is. What is like? It's like it's like uh, vegetables and stuff all in jello. It's and then there's something yeah, white on top. Sometimes it's vegetables. Sometimes it's like fruit. And there's always a weird like marshmallow mix yeah, in there too. Yeah, those consistencies it's are not, not good for um, me. No, it feels it's it got a funny mouth feel. Yeah, it's. It's not that far away from what people call like icebox cake, which I enjoy, which is the same except instead of marshmallows, it's whipped cream. Mm. And you put all that in pudding and stuff, and then you freeze it, and then it's a cake. Mm. I feel like it's a slight alteration from ambrosia that makes it way better. Yeah. Um, now, I think neither one of them are as good as the band ambrosia from the 70s. Right. Uh, oh. <laughs> now you've hit it. They sing the greatest part of me or something like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and what you're would that the greatest be? Part oh, of you're me. the greatest part of me, right? Okay. That's a good tune. Pete's the greatest part of me. Yeah. Yep. Um, I wrote that down for him to say. Thank you. Sorry, I messed up some of the words. Should we take it back? No, and, no, it's okay, perfect. It's perfect. Cl- cl- close enough. You good, do you. Good, good, good. <laughs> well, you're known, and I'm a huge fan of the show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, so first of all, what? how was the audition process for that show? Did you have to sing a lot for it? No, what's funny is that I actually auditioned for it a year earlier, and then I was working on the brink, and I couldn't get up. There was another audition for it, and they were like, we want to have you back, and 
I couldn't go because they wouldn't release me on the brink. So, at like, I worked at 8 o'clock in the morning on the brink, and then I was going to work at, like, 6, 37 o'clock, and all day I just sat in my, in my little box waiting to go back on, and I was like, can you just release me? And they're like, no way. I was wow. like, what if, you, what if you don't come back? I was like, then I'm screwed. So they were like, you can't go, and I couldn't go, and somebody else got the part. Somebody else got the part of Daryl, and they even shot the the pilot. And I thought it was completely over and done with. Yeah. And then a year later, they were like, "Hey, they were just wondering if you'd want to come, you know, re-audition for uh, Daryl." Uh, blah 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 for you know some. I guess they had some change in plans, or they they recast or going to recast. And then uh, I did, and but so I I sang the first time when I did it, and I sang Brahms Lullaby in German. Oh wow! Yeah, do you because, know? Do you speak German? Oh no! Oh okay. I was well, actually for a, then. It was then it's actually, impressive. <laughs> it was for a commercial that I did, uh, where I was the beard guru, who was German, and he had this wild beard and this big mustache. And one of the things that they were like, "Hey, why don't you learn uh, Brahms lullaby in German? Maybe we'll put that oh in there God. somehow." And so I sang that, and then I sang uh, "I Love My Baby," but and my baby loves me, which is like a song from. Uh, Purple Rose of Cairo, Jeff Daniels sings it. Yeah. And it's just a little, little clip that he sings okay. with Mia Farrell, and they're, they're playing the yeah. ukulele. And so that's what I sang. But, you know, nobody really, like, said, you know, can you hit an F or can you do this or can you do that? They were just like, okay. And that was very early on in the process. Yeah. And then my final audition, when I went back, uh, I didn't sing at all. And I was like, I wonder if they want to recheck that. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, so you fans of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you just found out right now. Pete was just, I mean, would you say you were on the brink of not getting Oh, that? my God. I never put that together. <laughs> I never put that together. You did, though, right? I mean. <laughs> uh, now I did. Now I did. So when so when they're not letting you, when you're on hold and they won't let you go from the brink, are they just like, let me go ask Mr. Robbins? And he's like, no. No. no! They, the, guy, the guy said he asked. Yeah. But I said, uh, you know, he just, I knew it would be his butt if I got, you know, if I didn't come back. Of course. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's tough because they never know if they're going to need you for more things than they, you got, they have to reach. And then, right. you're, and then you're gone doing something else. Exactly. And, yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Maybe they, I'm hanging out there and having a great old time and I just don't come back. Like just, just like a yeah. random actor move. Uh, so they couldn't take that chance. I mean, and, you know, I, I was also thankful to have the job at the brink, so. Yeah. That, uh, by the way, I love that show. Oh, it was great. It was so, I don't know why, it always reminds me of, like, something like the Hudsucker Proxy. Very much so. Very um, much so. Just the sensibility of right? it. It very much seems like a kind of a Coen Brothers. And how I got that was, I was on a family reunion with my wife's family, and uh, I get a call. We were in uh, Red Lake... Where was it? Red Lake, Idaho. Mm. And so we're way off in the woods, and I get an email from my agent saying, hey, would you want to come in and do the table read for uh, The Brink? You're going to have to play a, a number of different characters, but, you know, whatever. And I was like, I'm on vacation, like, somewhere else. And I actually came home for the table read. Wow. And it, which was crazy, which is crazy. I yeah. basically was just a seat filler, right? Yeah. But the only thing was... I totally went for broke. I played like, you know, some uh, Marine Admiral or something like that. And I played some other people, whatever. And I went for it and I yeah. got laughs. I mean, and they gave me the, they gave me the, 
the FBI agent from, That's you know, great. they were just like, here you go. Thanks. Yeah. And it was great. I was in a, and also I was at HBO and HBO was like a white, you know, Skylab, you know, it was just beautiful. Everything, all the architecture and everything was really clean and white and yeah. beautiful. And I went up there and all the stars were there for the thing and they were all, you know, reading and they were hilarious and it was a great thing. And I just had so much fun, and I had so much fun doing it because I'm a huge Jack Black fan. Yeah. And anything he does, I think, is hilarious. And for, you know, two or three days, we were just inseparable because I was supposed to be taking yeah. him back to the United States or something. Nice. And he was like... Dude, it's been so great hanging out with you, bro. Yeah. Oh, he's and he's just <laughs> like that. He's like in the back seat. We were like in this cart, being you know taking him back through Islamabad or wherever. And he's like, you know, he's doing his whole thing. And it was just a treat. It was a treat to be that close to that funny. Yeah, it's like uh, Jack Black's one of those guys where like I'm always like, oh man, he always plays parts. I was like, someday I'm gonna play a part like that, and it's gonna be. Amazing, you know, because he just gets these really cool parts. And well, they, they, I think they really feed him. They like go to his, especially yep. like I think uh, School of Rock was probably the best thing he's done. Uh, oh, like yeah. that was like absolutely perfect for yeah. him, and it was really written for him, right? By Mike White, I yeah, think he wrote sure, that specifically uh, for Jack. Mike White's, uh, he's great. Hey, he was actually, <laughs> I last time I saw Mike White, it was on. Uh, he was on The Amazing Race with I think with his mom. What? Or, yeah, he was on The Amazing Race. He was great. Uh, that's I was like, crazy. I was like, that's Mike White. <laughs> that is crazy. I, I've never even heard that. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, my wife ran into him on a plane one time. It was like she, I think she was the only person who knew Mike White because you know he's he, he could look like a very unassuming guy. Yeah, and he he's does. Not, he seems walk like around. he's very mellow, but uh, yeah, he cranks it out. So crazy ex girlfriend. I, I was what I was what I wanted to say. We got on such a roll there. Is like sometimes. A role is just meant to be yours. You know what I mean? And that's what this was. You know, the timing wasn't exactly right, but it the timing was perfect because it ended up coming, coming back to you. And who knows if you'd got it the original time, what weirdness might have happened. And then, right. you know, maybe I they, might have been the one that they were like, mm, we're going to replace him. We're not going to do this show now. because right. of. <laughs> yeah, I was actually really lucky because I didn't have to go through the process of having it be sold. It was already a sold series when I got on, which was great. So I knew I was going to be working, you know, multiple you know months on this thing so i you know that was fantastic also because it was on the cw i thought you know it had a better shot because you know it's not like on cbs if your show doesn't like really hit the big numbers you're going to be gone in a week yeah. or two you know you're not going to be around for very long so i thought we'd probably get a better chance and luckily the guy that uh, uh mark pedowitz uh, the guy who runs CW, or is the president of CW, he really uh, went to bat for this for this little show, and he it was the only reason that we were on for four seasons because he believed in it and yeah. he thought it had value, and it uh, it was a critical success. So he, you know, I could see why it was to his advantage. I mean, I think it's interesting that that Crazy Ex Girlfriend even ends up on the CW because I feel like. The sensibility of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is so much more edgy. Oh, it than... was supposed to be. Yeah. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be on um, Showtime. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. No, it was supposed to be a half-hour show on Showtime, and it was going to be a lot dirtier, of course. But the good thing is, I think, is that because it got picked up to the CW, they had to expand it to an hour long. Yeah. And they couldn't be as dirty at all. They had yeah. a kind of, and I think it made them much more clever. I think it would have been way too on the nose yeah. if it could just be dirty all the time. 
uh, because it would just be too much. It would just, right. I thought. And I thought that they became much more clever with their lyrics and much more clever with their delivery and the way they presented everything because they had to. The fact that you're in West Covina, that's just... <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Perfect. You know what's great is I, I made a little uh, trip out to West Covina just when I got the job, just to kind of see what it was mm-hmm. and see what, it, and so I saw different places and different stores. I can't remember them now, but uh, but then I would when I would improvise, like so. Every once in a while, uh, if they had the time, they'd be like, "Well, let's do like a fun run," <clears throat> and you could you know improvise a little bit, and uh, so I would use all those little details that I had from the location of like the actual places, and it always made it funnier because it was. Because they were funny on their own. Yeah. They were just like, I forget what some of the oh, House of Spirits or I forget what the thing was, but there were some really funny ones. Pork Chop House or something. It was great. <laughs> Pork well, Chop Hut. I don't remember. What's really interesting to me is, as you know, you've worked on a bunch of different projects. It's very rare that you're uh, working, let, let's say you're in Los Angeles working on a project and they say we're in West Covina and you're actually shooting in West Covina. Right. But that, that softball, the, 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 the sports bar mm-hmm. that's amongst uh, maybe like four or five softball slash baseball fields that are replica uh, replicas of Wrigley Field, the old uh, Tiger Stadium. Fenway. Fenway. Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Stadium yep. And Dodger Stadium. I think that's the five. Uh, is actually in West Covina or Covina, right? Really close to there because I've actually played softball there. And, and when I started watching the show, I was like, "Wait, is that? Yeah, is that that? Because you would have thought if you watched the show, you're like, they just made they just made they a just came set up there. with that crazy yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's actually a real place. So I, I love it when they the details of if someone happens to be from that area, they're like, oh my gosh, that's real. And right. it just adds another layer to it. And I think one of the final places that we did, we did a tour, and we went to all these different, uh, you know, went to Portland and uh, Washington, D.C. and New York and uh, Philadelphia, and we ended up, the last show was in West Covina. Yeah. They have like a little theater, like a, oh, this beautiful theater. I don't know what they do with that theater, but it's like gorgeous. It was all inlaid wood and beautiful seating and everything. It was a gorgeous little theater. Yeah. And so that was the that was where the final show was. Okay. Well, on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you do have some songs of your own. Were you like a song and dance type guy? Were you a musical uh, type performer? Or was that something you had to kind of learn on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? And if so, how crazy was that? It was crazy. It was really crazy. I had no, that wasn't my thing at all. I, I wow. would sing. I would sing with the radio. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, though, is that there was a part of me that always believed that I would do that. Yeah. Like, I always thought, like, oh, you know, what night I'll, I'll be, like, inviting people up and we'll be singing songs and whatever. And I, I, I'd never done that in my life. Wow. It was just something that I just imagined that would. And then so then when it happened, it didn't strike me as, like, oh, God. Yeah. It just struck me as, like, oh, this is this is supposed to happen. Yeah. I'm like, I just, it felt totally organic to me. That's but, great. you know, initially I did have a little bit of panic and I went out to, uh, I went out to lunch with a friend of mine, Neil Flynn. Neil Flynn, who is the janitor sure. on, Scrubs on Scrubs in the middle and all that. And so he had a little bit more experience than I did doing all this kind of stuff. And so I had to do press. I had to do press for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because they had already shot the pilot, they had all worked together, but I hadn't shot my scenes until the next day or the day after that. So I didn't know anybody, and yeah. then I was being interviewed by the press, and I had never worked on the show, and I was just <laughs> totally making up stuff. I'm just like, what a great unit, and we all get along so well, and it's so much fun. But when I met with Neil, I was like, so what do I do for press? And he was like, just tell the truth 
and keep it simple. And if you can be funny a little bit, that's fine. But he said, keep it simple. And then, and then he was like, so what is the show you're doing? And I was like, oh, it's a show. And I was like, I'm kind of nervous about it. It's like, well, it's um, the show about this uh, law firm and whatever, and it's a musical. And he's like a guy's guy. He's like a guy who plays softball right. and is, you know, out there doing uh, sports and what have you. A big Chicago sports guy. And he uh, he turns to me. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "You're never gonna get that opportunity again in your life." He's like, "That's gonna be awesome." And instantly, it went from being like, "I don't know," to, "Hey, this is gonna be awesome." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just don't. I, and so, luckily, Adam Schlesinger, uh, who was basically recording, like engineering and recording the songs, not engineering, but he was there for all the recordings. He would. He was always. You know, I ended up going. Uh, I found out that the guy who lives across the street, just by coincidence, is the same guy that taught um, David Hyde Pierce. Uh, before David Hyde Pierce uh, went off to Broadway to do uh, Spam a lot, he happened to live right across the street from me, and this is the guy that he trained with. So I was like, "Oh my God, I'll go over there and talk to him." I went over there to talk to him, and then he, the guy was like, "You're fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it." And so as soon as I had that confidence, and then I was working with Adam, and then for the dancing, I tell you, the singing was a lot easier than the dancing. Dancing is really yeah. hard because if you screw it up. You screw up everybody's take, right? You know, and so I mean, I would always be scooted to the back, but uh, I know Cat uh, Burns did a wonderful job. Whenever it was my song to be, she'd be like, "What do you feel like doing?" And yeah. I would dance around, and she'd be like, "Great, let's do that," and we'll add in a little bit of this and this. And if anything got too hard, she'd be like, "Well, well, let's get rid of the spin." <laughs> and I would always be like, "No, let's keep it." <laughs> But it was, you know, like all those people that were on the show, they could all tap dance and they were yeah. all good dancers. And, and the, you know, those women were, uh, especially the women, I guess actually that's not true. David Hull was a Broadway dancer. Scott Michael Foster is just a natural dancer. Uh, but they were, they were really, they were all really good. And it was, for me, it was, I had to, I had to record it. Yeah. And then do it in five-second things. My wife would break it down into five-second beats, and I would learn that little piece and then learn the next little piece and the next little piece. It took me forever. I remember when we did that on California Christmas. Uh, that, that was Because that was everybody. Yeah. And if I, if I screwed it up, I would have killed the whole thing. Well, look, that would have been me too. I would have. They said, "What, what, what can you do?" I'd be like, "Can we just do a pyramid where I'm at the bottom?" Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Not another pyramid! No, no more pyramids!" <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I would have been super nervous. I have. I remember the one time I did have to dance in a show. It's like community theater back when I was in my twenties, and we had the, we had this guy. I was in Nebraska, and they brought in this guy. He's from New York, this choreographer, and he would just he would just yell at me, and I'm like, I can't. I was like, Oh my god, that's yeah, I was the like, worst. I can't, I can't dance, dude. Like, um, I I wanted to be like, I literally can't do what you're telling me to do. No, that was that. I have to say this though. That was the beauty of Cat Burns is that Cat Burns always made it okay. Yeah. Like she would never was like, "Come on, come on." She was always like, "Okay, we can figure that out." Oh, you can just we'll just get rid of that, or we'll yeah. make it easier, or somebody help Pete. You know, it's like, and also the good thing was that I was goofy character. So if I didn't do it perfectly, people were like, "That's ah, Daryl." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. a, that's a blessing. Right. Well, look, you did mention Adam Schlesinger. I don't want that to just go by. I mean, he's the late Adam Schlesinger. Oh, now. I know, such a uh, such a tragedy. Such a tragedy. Uh, he wrote th that thing you do, did he not? Yeah, he, uh, he was in do. Fountains of Wayne. I mean, I just want to acknowledge he was uh, very talented, and he worked on Crazy Ex Girlfriend with you also. He worked on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, uh, Getting By, which was probably you know 
the most notable song that I did. Uh, that was all him. He, yeah. They basically gave him all the bits and pieces for it, gave it to him over the weekend, and he came back with this Huey Lewis uh, anthem for bisexuality. That's yeah. just awesome. It's awesome. Well, and that was so, that of all the things that we did in, on the tour and stuff like that, for me anyway, singing that, getting to sing that song was just yeah. such a treat. That yeah. was so much fun. Adam left a legacy of decades of great music. You know, and that he was he did. such a he was such a collaborator. He wasn't. I mean, he was by he was a genius, but he never was like he was never disappointed. He was never like that's less than he. Oh, and when we were doing stuff live, you know, he'd be like, Pete, um, what if uh, what if you spin around at the end and each time you land, the band's gonna go bump, and then you do it again and we'll go bump, and yeah. we'll do it again. And, and so like he wanted to play. He he wasn't just like. You know, do it my way. He was always like, "What if we?" I'll never forget when we first when I I had never sung in front of people before, yeah. And I sung at Largo in front of two hundred people, and I was oh, like, geez. "Oh my god, I don't know what I'm gonna do." No pressure, Largo. And, no, and then what's his name? Uh, uh, Jack Dolgen, uh, who helped write that song. He played the guitar. No, that was uh, I love my daughter, but not in a creepy way. That was uh, Jack Dolgen. <laughs> Help me with that. And so he was playing guitar, and I was gonna sing the song, and then Adam was like. Do you mind if I? I'm gonna come in with a little piano underneath you, and I was like, no, 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 don't throw me! Oh my God. <laughs> I was so scared, and he was, but he just wanted to play. Yeah, he didn't want to be a part of it. He was, uh, I, it's a huge loss. Yeah, thank you for talking about Crazy Ex Girlfriend. That's uh, sure, it's it was, a treat. I, it's 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 it had to be really fun, and it's many people just really really respect that show, and I'm so happy you guys got to. Do a complete run that made oh, sense. Yeah. You got all the way to the end. When you're doing that reunion, uh, the, like the reunion show or the uh, whatever that last show was that you did, the the live was that the one that was oh, at Largo. Where was that? No, the the final show we did was as a group, as the whole group was at Radio City Music Hall in oh New York my City. God, that's right. Which that's is right. huge. Yes. So I went from singing in front of 200 people to singing in front of 6,000 people. Which to me was like, and it's just a sea of heads. Like when you looked out, it was just a sea of people. God, that's gonna and be it crazy. Was, and it was so funny. Like I've been doing things for years, like, you know, on TV shows and movies and whatever. And by doing Radio City for two nights, my mom was like, you made it. <laughs> yeah. She, wouldn't, she right. wasn't going to give me props until Radio City. Yeah. If you had done Grand Ole Opry, yeah. Radio City Music Hall, then, or, I don't know, played at the The, the Palladium. And then we ended up yeah. playing the Palladium in London after that. Really? But that was really just a Rachel Bloom show. That was Rachel's show. And she was like, hey, you want to come? You know, because she knew I was interested in, like, trying to go to London or, you know, possibly, you know, work there or whatever. Yeah. And so she was like, do you want to come to London? I was like, oh, are you kidding and that was a great show because that, that that was, you know, it's not people off the street. It's people that are diehard fans and they were coming from Germany and Israel and all over the all over Europe yeah. to 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 see the show. And so they were like hanging off of the rafters. Mm-hmm. They were going bananas. Oh, it was a hoot. Yeah. And they didn't know that we were gonna be there, like that I was gonna be there and Scott was gonna be there. And so they really it was really fun. That's that's awesome. Well, I love that show. I've seen I've I've gone through it twice at least and maybe like two and a half times through the entire show and it I'm... is fun to watch it now like when i was talking to cat burns about this just a couple of days ago is that when we were doing it you're watching yourself mm-hmm. you're making sure you're not making any mistakes and you're like are my feet in time with everybody else or am i singing does it sound good whatever and now when you watch it and you've got some distance from it you're like oh my god 
God, that was really good. That was right. really funny. Right. Or that I, there's so many of those songs. Uh, let's generalize about men. I'll never forget when they did that. And I remember <laughs> that was really funny. I remember being there when they were recording it, and I was like, "Oh, this is just awesome." Yeah. And, it's, and it was awesome, and it was funny, and the dancing was great, and they were great. It just it was a hoot. I loved going to see. That was one of the things that was nice is that you could go and watch other people's stuff. It wasn't yeah. closed. And so you could go uh, you could go watch and kind of support your friends, especially if somebody had a big song. Or And then as the, um, the more uh, – the recurring characters started to have songs and stuff like that, you know, to go support them, it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those shows, too, where not all shows are like this, like the show MASH. I can watch all of MASH. But at the end, I don't think, oh, I should go back at the beginning now, knowing what I know at the end. Right. Whereas Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, things happen at the end where you're like, oh, now I need to, with yeah. that knowledge in mind, go back to the beginning and watch it. And it's a completely different experience, I right. think. I think it is. I think that that's, that's the, the beauty of the writing was that they had all those kind of Easter egg kind of things in there already of like, they already knew where the story was going. So yeah. like... They, it didn't just happen by accident. They had already kind of plugged it all in. And I believe you can watch it on Netflix, right? Yep. Okay, cool. So I believe it's still on Netflix. If you guys haven't yeah. watched it, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you should Oh, yeah. Definitely check it, check out. it out. And if you if you are like, well, I don't know, it's a musical. I'm not really sure. Watch some of the musicals, uh, some of the musical numbers on YouTube first. Get an idea of that it's not like a, it's not like a smarmy kind of cutesy yeah, uh, thing. It's funny and it's got yeah. a lot of edge. It's got it's dark. Pete, I have to ask you a question. Yeah, is your life feeling like it's on autopilot right now? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, uh, put off by having to navigate Amazon yet again. Does that happen to you? It happens to oh, me. It happens to me all the time. You know, if if you're like me, Pete, you're a savvy shopper, just looking for organic, beautifully handcrafted items. I go to ChickyMoo.com. Oh, I love yeah, ChickyMoo. Yeah, yeah. Creative handmade goods by L.A. transplant Susie Gardner. Well, she accents your home and transports you to a peaceful place and makes shopping feel very, very special. Choose from, uh, what do they have there? Fresh-made organic soaps. I love those. Mm. Hand-poured vintage cheese. Mold candles. Uh-huh. You got one of those today. I did. It and smells smell delicious. so good. I'm going to smell it all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lavender and sage. That's right. Handmade Indian blankets. Mm-hmm. A lot more stuff. Oh, it's great stuff. And for my pancake peeps, that's the fans of The Breakfast Show, access with our special offer only for breakfast listeners. Use special code LOVEBRENT for a big discount at checkout. That's LOVEBRENT. So check out ChickyMoo.com. Love, Brent. <laughs> ChickyMoo.com. C-H-I. I think you should. Yeah. C-K-Y. Why? Because it's awesome. <laughs> M-O-O dot com. <laughs> You'll be happy you did. And uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, do not sue me. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, definitely go check check out. Check it. Mm, excuse me. Definitely go check out Chicky Moo. Check out Chicky Moo. That's going to go on stuff. my tongue twister things, too, to write for different classes I'm teaching. <laughs> check out ChickyMoo.com. Check out ChickyMoo.com. Yeah, it's just, hard to just, do. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say. It's not easy. <laughs> well, before we go any further, we had breakfast from Nat's Early Bite. Mm. Very popular spot with an amazing story. The original owner, Nat, formed like a really close relationship to uh, an 18-year-old uh, dishwasher named uh, Victor. And by the time Nat wanted to retire, he had kind of moved up from dishwasher, I think, to uh, maybe host, uh, ha you know, front of house, that kind of stuff. And he actually offered 
to help him buy Nats and continue on. And that's that's amazing. Yeah, and that, and now there's more. There's Nats West, which if you ever go out, gosh, it's kind of it's it's maybe like five miles west of where the other Nats is. Oh, okay. It's actually much bigger. Really? Than, yeah, yeah. And it's only five miles away. Something like that. Yeah, huh. and it's uh same same uh, same menu. That's a good menu. Yeah, it's a great menu. One of the greatest things about that uh, going to Nats is how fast the food arrives. Yeah. Almost every time you're kind of like, oh, I'll have this. And, and all of a sudden, like, as you're finishing your conversation, the, the food is coming right to you. And you're, because what my family and I always do is we always play cards and we barely yeah. even get through a little a hand of uh, King's Corner. And then all of a sudden the food is coming and you're like, is this, was this for somebody else? Did you guys make this already for? Yeah. It's so fast and so good. Yeah. I mean, look, we both had the uh, salmon Benedict. Oh, right. Oh, yes. So, you know, sometimes when food comes out fast, you're like, oh, they, I don't know, they microwave. There's no way you can do that with a, with a, with mm-hmm. a Benedict. Uh, you got to cook salmon. You got to make the hollandaise sauce. Oh. And most and of all. What? The tater tots. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> oh, those tater tots are so good. Can I say, Pete, I had the hots. For those tots. Oh. The, no, I would not have. I would really never have thought of the combination of salmon and tater tots. Oh, and, until you've you know, had it. Now I got to make myself a salmon tater tot casserole. Mm. You know what? Those tots are just so crunchy good. That's the thing that makes them so good. I don't know how they discovered the, the tater tot originally, but I find it to be one of just the best ways to make a mm. potato that's fried. Like you oh, get the yeah. French fry, maybe this, and you get the shoestring. But this one is just like I don't know. It's got its own consistency to it. It's got that. And it, but it's so good is this, is this little nugget. Yeah, it's this little nugget of chopped up potatoes mm-hmm. covered in crunch. And you can taste. It's not a smooth consistency inside no. of it. It's not like a, it's bits and pieces. Yeah, I I love that. But uh, I have never had the salmon Benedict at Nats, even though. I live about a mile away from there, and I literally just walk there when I want to go to. Nats. Oh man, I tell you though, it, I, that's one of those things. You know, like when you hit on the gold. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I, I I always go around the menu on any place I go to. You know, so I'll get the uh, corned beef. I, I've had the corned beef hash. Uh, yeah, Benedict. I've had all, all these different ones, but then you hit on that, and especially when it's something like that, when it's like smoked salmon, and. Um, Hollandaise sauce. Right. Also on a nice, fluffy English muffin. Because sometimes people overcook the English muffin, and it's not quite the same. Yeah, English muffin can be destroyed yes. easily. Oh, yeah. Um, it can be too tough. Oh, you're too tough, too mushy. Too mushy. It gets too much of the holidays This was the Goldilocks. Mm. It was just right. Yeah. Just right. <laughs> no, it's great. Well, thank you for uh, taking me to Nat's Early Bite. I love that place. I love the story. I love that it's a place where you go there and you can tell... It's all it's all people that are from all the neighborhood. Na- all neighborhood yeah. people. And you yeah. know what's great, too, is that you walk in there sometimes and you see, like, oh, people from auditions. Or you see, I've seen uh, Neil Flynn there a bunch of times. I've seen uh, a bunch of my old buddies uh, from Chicago. They end up coming yeah. by there. We, we all seem to have migrated to the same spot in the uh, in the valley. Yeah. So everybody's, everybody's still kind of local. Well, you also have to go check out Nats. I think it's called Nats West. Yeah. I I'll check it called. out. If you're in that area, sure. You know, I, it's, I think it's kind of close to, oh gosh, one of those malls out past, you know, past Northridge. One of those malls out past oh, there. Oh, okay. Maybe so like, that's pretty, maybe close, yeah. Maybe closer to like Topanga Mall. Maybe it's okay. further than five miles. Maybe it's like seven miles. I yeah. don't know. Um, but it is out there, and it's the same menu, and so that's cool, too. Uh, but thank you for uh, uh, coming to breakfast with me. That was really good. And oh, it was I'm good. I'm probably and just going to so... get that every time now, the salmon. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why would I not? Right? <laughs> 
Before we get out of here, I got to get three quick recommendations from Pete Gardner. Okay. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? Hmm, that they may not know. One of my favorite things to watch just on any kind of like, oh, you're like not feeling well and you're just going to take a sick mm. day, or if it's a rainy day and there's nothing going on, yep. I can watch Band of Brothers, the HBO miniseries. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, the first time I watched it, I thought it was about The Temptations or something. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's 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 so good. It's really it's well done. So well done. Yeah. It's so well written. Uh, the story is factual. It's just it's really awesome. I love it. And it's just one of those things. Cool. That and the other one, of course. But I mean, these are kind of well known things. But uh, the other is uh, Ken Burns' The Civil War. Oh yeah, anything it, by Ken Burns is cool on a rainy day. Actually, you oh. know, like. But the Civil War is just amazing because there's so many interlocking stories. Yeah. Um, my, one of my favorites is the uh, um, Wilbur McLean. Uh, the war started in his front yard uh, in at Bull Run, and wow. so then he was like, "I got to get out of here," and he moved to Virginia. He wor- he moved to Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia, oh, oh and they signed the the surrender uh, treaty in his front parlor. That's so insane. the war started in his in his front yard and ended in his back parlor. Wow. That's cool. I love that stuff. I mean, what if he just stayed at Bull Run? The war right? might have been over we'll immediately. Been over, yeah. yeah, one one battle. One and done. <laughs> Thanks. Right. <laughs> what is the uh, show or movie that you watch just for fun? Oh, I mean like a kind of guilty pleasure, right? Yeah. I think, and this is a, a weird one, but this is just from childhood, I love the Planet of the Apes series. Oh, yes. I love the original Planet of the Apes series, and even though it's like hilarious and ridiculous, now the first movie, the first yeah. movie is brilliant. I love it because it's got yep. probably one of the best endings ever in a movie, yeah. and so that's really good. And also Charlton Heston, get yeah. your yeah. damn dirty yeah. paws off of me, you maniac! Yeah. You maniac! You bl- <laughs> oh, you really did it! Oh, and that's of course what's so cool is that that is in Malibu. Yeah, and that if you go to Point Doom in Malibu, this is one of the greatest thing moments for me. <clears throat> and you cr- uh, climb over around the rocks at the very front of Point Doom. Okay, you will come to where those caves are, yeah. where they were captains or. Um, Dr. Zayas and yeah. you know they had they find the doll and the whole thing right. up in the in things there that's that beach right there and so <clears throat> back in the 60s I guess it was when they shot that they had a ramp that they made that went all the way around the front of those rocks and then so that they could get horses in there but it's tiny like it doesn't yeah. look as, as grand as you would imagine it but it's so cool to actually be where they were when they I shot that I have to that. go there I have to go oh, there oh it's so awesome um, I told a story recently about how one time I was doing a fitting at Fox, at the Fox lot, and they didn't have any dressing rooms, so they put me in this room where they had all of the Planet of the Apes costumes. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like a little kind of museum-type room, and I just had to get dressed in there, and I was like, oh, there's Dr. Zayas' jacket. There's oh, the... my God. Yeah, so I was, I was like, taking pictures with it. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And then also, back in when I grew up in New York, there was uh, the 430 movie, which was, like, basically a movie that they showed on Channel 7, ABC, uh, at 4.30 in the afternoon, and they would do a week, and they would do, like, Jerry Lewis week, and then they would do Monster Week, and then they would do Planet of the Apes week, and they would do each of the movies. And so, like, that would come on once a year. That's cool. So that's how you got to see them when you were a little kid over and over and over again before yeah. there were 
VHS. Yeah, and then I, th- I think uh, what you're leading to is the first one was brilliant, and then the rest of them are really fun, but like not as good, but no, they're just fun to watch. They're yeah. awesome. Also, yeah. I loved that makeup when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I just loved those those um, ape masks and I all that stuff. I still think it looks great. Oh, it looks awesome. Yeah. And those people were great. They did a great job. Yeah. Uh, what is the show or movie that inspires you? Um... Uh, that's obviously only, I always have the same answer for that one. And that would always be, uh, it's a wonderful life. Oh, I really, I think that that is a good movie aside from, it's not really a Christmas movie. Right. It's really just a a humanity affirmation movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've watched that movie so many times and when they, when, um, when he's looking for, uh, you know, that he's lost the $8,000 and he needs that money and then everybody in the town comes by and gives what they can. Yeah. That makes me choke up. Even just thinking about it now, it makes yeah. me choke up. It's just, and my the one of my favorite lines in the movie is when Clarence writes him the note and he's, no man is a failure who has friends. Wow. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's so, yeah. such a reaffirming, a wonderful story. And I love the fact that he's always... George Bailey is always giving to other people, and he's never really... He's doing it just for the sake of it. He's always helping other people. He's doing the right thing, but he keeps getting the short end of the stick, and he doesn't mind. But what's also really interesting about that movie, too, is that Jimmy Stewart had just gotten back from World War II, and he wasn't sure where he was going to fit in into the movie business anymore because he had been away for so long, and... Also, he had had a very tough time. Yeah. He was actually went on bombing missions, uh, many bombing missions uh, over Germany in, you know, in that section from um, London over to Germany. And he lost people and it was very tough. And when he breaks down in uh, Martini's uh, bar room there, Martini's saloon, that's really him breaking down. Oh, wow. And and, uh, Frank Capra saw what had just happened and if you'll notice they do almost like an optical zoom because the camera couldn't push in because it was only that one take yeah so he did it so that that you could see it up close but i mean that's and i love that when he yeah. runs out like he's just like i'm at the end of my rope I mean that that movie, yeah. and the, you know what's so funny is like that that movie has inspired me so many times. I traveled the world because of that movie. There's so many things that I've, uh, and there's so many lines that I've kind of taken that and made them my own. Uh, and I just, I love that movie. I just yeah. think it, it's it's so much more than a Christmas movie. It really is. Yeah, it's I, I agree. That's a great that's a that's a great uh, that's a great inspiring movie. Yeah, I really I agree is. with you. Guys, if you would like to get more Brentfast stuff, such as pics of Pete Gardner and I enjoying our Brentfast from Nat's Early Bite, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the Brentfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances and the official Brentfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, and masks. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the Brentfast store. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Scoops Pope. Make sure you follow my Facebook actor page. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen to Brentfast on. And make sure you subscribe to that so you don't miss any new episodes. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 40 other countries. And trust me, my breakfast burrito brigade, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco Levon. And they call him Levon. <laughs> and they call him a good engineer for making Pete and I sound so good. So good. Pete Gardner, what's next for you and where can we find you on social media? 
Uh, you can find me at Mr. Pete Gardner uh, on uh, you know Instagram and mm-hmm. I think Facebook and okay. whatever. I don't do the Twitter anymore. It's too mean. <laughs> it's it really is kind of mean. It's I'm on there, mean. but I don't really contribute too much. I used yeah. to I used to do it. I mean, when we were doing Crazy X, I used to you know post stuff or whatever about shows and whatever. But I, I have lost interest in that. I don't know that that's the world's greatest thing. The social media. Yeah, I think I think it, it may fade from. I kind of hope that it does. I don't mind. Po- it's kind of fun to post some pictures on Instagram. Just be like, here. I don't it know. It is. You know what? And that's what I really like about it. I like posting the pictures. I also like seeing other people's pictures. Yeah. But, like, Facebook has become so political. And it's yeah. so, I just don't like it. And yeah. everybody's so mean to everybody. Yeah. Can't we just, can't we all just, just get, get along? along? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Pete Gardner, this was a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming. My in. pleasure. You're welcome man. here anytime. Anyone, anytime you want to promote something, uh, please come back. I, w- I would love it. And uh, let's uh, let's go to eat NoHo since you've never been there. That'll be yeah. fun. Uh, get some uh, zucchini shredders. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Count me in. Thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure, Brent. Thank you for having me. And with that, we put another West Covina Sports Bar worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope and the Old To Go Bag. See ya. Bye bye. Yay. Thank you.